Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the First and Ten podcast. We are here, we are at episode 100. I'm your host, Ross, and with me, as ever, is Dave. Hey, you all right? Good, mate. We've made it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we both thought this was probably going to happen about two months ago. Um... <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the situation in the world and the lack of football was kind of just it's yeah. thrown me completely. I'm not sure about you. But... Yeah. You, well, you got a new job. I uh, went mental yes. in my job. So, yeah, it's been a, <laughs> a weird few months. That, um, well, the, the interview we've got coming up uh, later on, I did record about, I think it was June. So... <laughs> lots changed since then mid lockdown wasn't it yeah so like so when i listen back it will be a uh a nice surprise to me this interview because i do not remember <laughs> it at all really but I, I i do remember it was it was good fun he was uh, a good bloke yes we uh well dave sat down with dean blandino who um was the vice president of officiating in 2013 to 2017 in the nfl so we got a big one we got a big name for the um the 100th episode yeah, we, we were... would have got other big names but they were trolling you weren't they yeah ed ed reese like now arch enemy of the first and ten podcast <laughs> kept liking my comments and like, i, think he, I yeah. think he follows me now on instagram and stuff but yeah he just yeah. doesn't like replying to me doesn't want to respond yeah. maybe he's got people and we went to the wrong place one wrong place for it but yeah, yeah maybe. we've done well to make it to 100 make it to 100 a lot of podcasts i've started listening to before i just fell away at this point and yeah we've we keep saying we'll be more consistent and we will at some point when the season gets going yeah. but yeah Hundred episodes is something to be proud of. Yeah, I, I, I imagine the next hundred is going to come quicker because I think we're going to do a lot more episodes this season than we have in the past. But yeah, it's yeah. been uh, yeah, it's been a really good what two years it been now. Yeah, you start last yeah start a season before last year, so yeah, yeah, two years probably pretty much bang on two years in fairness because it was probably for week one of that season we probably did it. We might have done a couple before. I think I can't remember it I think exactly it's... when we started. So you know, two years in feels like a good time uh, to get to a hundred, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. If you've listened to any of these episodes or interacted with us in any way on social media, Facebook, Twitter, anything like that, I just want to say thank you. If you've left us a, a, a review, then thank you very much. And I mean, we'd like some more of those, but we're happy. We're not going to push you for them. If you fancy giving us a review, that'd be great. But yeah, it's if you've listened at all, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So it's, I mean, it's nothing without listeners, is it really a podcast? So without you guys, it would uh, yeah, be absolutely nothing. So. It's um I think we worked out with the uh Channel Twelve ones, we're well over two hundred as well, aren't we? I think Yeah, they've taken on a lot for their own, haven't yeah, they? Probably close to about two fifty, including them and some like the draft specials and things like that. So yeah, we've done yeah. Uh, plenty of episodes over these uh, since we started this up. When you I think you just episodes come to me and recorded. said Yeah. I think you come to me about two years ago saying did I just fancy doing a NFL podcast and I was like, Yeah, definitely <laughs> and then yeah, it's just gone from there really. <laughs> Yeah, we'd spoken a lot on Twitter and been in fantasy leagues together and stuff before that. And if, yeah. well, yeah, Dave's already got the infrastructure. I'm just going to hop on his coattails and make myself part of first and ten. And uh, yeah, well, you, you used to do the um, what was it, the true and false fi- uh, true or false stuff, and for when we when yeah. there was a lot more written content. And uh, yeah, you were one of the I think it was four people did them. It was um, that was good fun. Um, iTunes only goes back to the 27th of September 2018. Uh, that was episode four. So, yeah, pretty much. I reckon we're almost bang on. We're recording this on the 29th of August. So, yeah, we are right there. Yeah. So, well, ha- we'll, we'll just call 29th of August a birthday. So, happy birthday to, to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the intro. We're going to throw to the, the interview in a minute. And then uh, you'll we'll, we'll speak to us at the end. Me and Dave are going to do a fancy mock draft now, one day before most... Uh, 
drafts take place. We're, yeah, I think we're kind it, of not on the ball. No, well, I think it, in a lot of ways it's a good time to do it, isn't it? I think this next week is when most drafts are happening, aren't they? I think a lot of people try and leave it late just in case of any uh, injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah, I've got one at one a.m. Uh, in the morning. Like, I totally forgot about it. it's my Seahawks league, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't it's, miss it's a, early morning for them. I don't miss the days when I only played American leagues, and I was getting up in the morning. Like, I was. <laughs> I remember this week I basically just had about two hours sleep across the week. Yeah, I do not miss yeah. times. Yeah, I've got my my kind of my main league tomorrow afternoon, and I've got yeah, there's one at one a.m. in the morning. I've got work in between those two drafts as well, so it's going to be fun a fun day tomorrow. But yeah, I look forward to it. And if you're looking forward to drafting, get in touch with us and. Uh, all fully usual ways we'll hear all the uh, the links at the end of the show but yeah let's let's throw to the interview Dave Hi Dean and uh, welcome to the podcast uh, how are you? I'm doing well how are you? Yeah not too bad yeah so as uh, well as can be uh, how is yes. how is this whole thing treating you right now? Uh, it's obviously you know these are just extraordinary times and 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 just trying to uh, stay busy, stay positive, and and one of the things that you know we've been able to do on on our end with some of our our college officials is just create more virtual training opportunities and, and do things like that. So that's been keeping me busy, and and again just trying to stay in and uh, and hope we can we can get back to some kind of a normalcy pretty soon here. So well, I guess on to that. So what sort of challenges has it brought? As in- do you think things will be different this year? And like, what are the big differences going to be? Yeah, certainly you look at, uh, at least in terms of American sports, you've had several seasons that have been either um, suspended or didn't get started when you talk about Major League Baseball. And, uh, and so that's obviously had an impact. You think about, you know, what the sport that I'm involved in, football, um, we don't know yet. We're still, we're still probably five to six weeks away from from having to make significant decisions about when the season would start. Um, hopefully, we start to see uh, you know the the trend start to the the curve start to um, you know a downward trend versus you know an upward trend in terms of the number of of uh, people that are that are affected by the virus. And but like I said. Um, we've had to cancel a lot of in-person meetings, officiating clinics, things like that because of restrictions and, and number of people involved. But it's really opened up a, a whole a whole other way of communicating and teaching and training. And that's obviously through things like Skype and Zoom and Microsoft Teams. And, and there's so many other platforms now that you can do things virtually and uh, and connect without actually being in the same room. And, and we've we found some of that actually beneficial. Is it one of these things where sort of all the different sports and bodies are all sort of coming together to sort of bring some ideas together, or is it sort of each thing working their own thing out? No question. There's been a collaboration because everybody's in the same situation and, and just trying to figure out, you know, what what's going to be the best path to returning. And and obviously the the health and safety of the public is is the first priority. And then you start to think about, okay, bringing athletes back and, and testing and and all of those things just to ensure the safety of everyone involved. And so there there has been a lot of collaboration with the professional sports here and and, and the amateur sports with the NCAA and uh, and high school as well. I mean, there's so many different layers. And uh, and again, this is something that we obviously haven't seen in our lifetime and, and everybody's working through it for the first time. Yeah, definitely. Um- do you think that some of the rule changes that could potentially have happened 
in another time might sort of get passed up this year and things like that? Or do you think things could still change? I, well, I do. I, I, I do feel, especially with the NFL, I feel like because of what, what's been going on, they're, they're, they've tabled certain discussions about potential rules changes. So I think it's going to be a very, um, just a very uh, slim in terms of rules changes for the NFL because of what's been happening. And, and I do believe had we been in um, a normal situation, some rules would have, been, would have been changed or new rules would have been added. Um, and, uh, and they're actually going to be put, put off for probably another year. And, uh, and I think that, and I, and I understand why the NFL is doing that. And, uh, and so it'll be a very, um, small number of rules changes for, for the 2020 season in the NFL. And, uh, obviously you were sort of heavily involved in the XFL and obviously that's been sort of stopped short because of this whole pandemic. But I mean, do you think that would have worked out for the full season if sort of things are obviously been as, as normal? No doubt. There, there's no doubt in my mind. We we were five weeks in, and, and the feedback was extremely positive. The the level quality of play was was very high. Um, the the fan engagement was was really good. The the production, both Fox Sports and ESPN and ABC, those, those groups did a did a wonderful job um, promoting the games, producing them. It was it was high quality, first class. And, uh, and I've no doubt in my mind we would have finished the season and, and, and gone on to future seasons. It's just, it's just truly unfortunate what happened. It, it's really difficult to plan for something like this, a, a pandemic that impacts um, everyone around the world. And, uh, and it was just too much to overcome. Would you expect a return or is that probably it? For- you know, I don't know. I, I, I certainly, you know, it doesn't sound like there will be a return of the XFL um, right away in the near term, maybe somewhere down the line. But I think what what the experience taught us is that spring football here, where typically you know American football that's a that's a fall sport, spring football can work, and and if it's done the right way, it can work. You can get people engaged and get people watching it, and uh, and so I think if there's somebody else that comes in and wants to do it, I think this was the blueprint. Um, to follow and and I would imagine at some point I don't know when but at some point in the future somebody will whether it's the XFL again or somebody else um, will attempt it yeah and say obviously there was a uh, plenty of sort of new innovation that come from the XFL is there anything that you think will sort of cross over to the NFL or sort of could be adopted by them or even sort of used and tweaked maybe I, I certainly think the the XFL kickoff rule was was a a positive when when you think about that play the kick return play um, has historically had a higher percentage of injuries, um, especially head and neck injuries, which which are obviously something that that the NFL and, and the NCA are trying to eliminate and reduce. And 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 I know that the NFL has talked about the XFL kickoff. The College Rules Committee has talked about it. Um, I don't anticipate there being any drastic changes um, in the next year or even two to three years. But it's certainly something down the line if injury trends. Um, continue to to you know push that, um, then there could be uh, something along those those lines of the XFL kickoff. I think um, the uh, the three point extra point, the extra point, the three tiers. You know, you had one point, two point, three points. That was well received, and and it and it created closer games. It allowed for comebacks. 
I think that's something that you could see down the line and in the other with the other organizations. Um, so again, it was a it was a great experience. They did a really nice job with a lot of a lot of the rules innovations, and I would imagine that um, those innovations will be discussed going forward in both the NFL and the NCAA. Was there any ideas that you liked that didn't make it in, or anything you would have sort of, if in the future years, maybe things that would have come in? It, you know, there was. It was really a blank slate, and that was that was the the fun. The fun part for me to get involved from the ground floor and to say, okay, we're reimagining the game of football, and and how can we do that? And there were things that were discussed that um, that that would have been interesting to see, but ultimately we decided to stay away from things, things like offensive linemen not being able, um, you know, only being in a two-point stance, meaning they couldn't put their 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 hand on the ground, and and uh, you know, would how would that look? What how would that impact the game? And uh, you know, overtime, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the overtime. I really feel like people would have liked it. You know, it's it's more like a, um, you know, penalty kicks in, in, in European football, soccer, um, where each team would get an opportunity from the five-yard line and you would alternate tries. And then at the end of five attempts, you'd have a winner. And, and if it was still tied, you would keep going until you had a winner. So um, I think that's something I would have loved to have seen uh, a game go to overtime. But I think that's um, as as the NFL and NCAA looks at potentially changing their overtimes, that could be something uh, down the line. Uh, and uh, Ross, who was supposed to be at Bessie, is a, uh, a big wrestling fan, and he wouldn't he made sure I had to ask this. Um, how, how was working with Vince, and uh, how how heavily involved was he? Yeah, I you know it was interesting. Vince was was not heavily involved. Obviously, he's. He, he was the chairman. He's the, the, the owner of the league. He was his vision, his idea. But day to day, Vince was not heavily involved. Um, I, did, I did have uh, the opportunity to meet him and talk to him. And, and I came away um, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. And, and he, um, obviously, this is somebody that has been a visionary that, that has, has you know, built the WWE into, into what it has become today. And 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 it was really an honor to work for him and and uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't involved all you know day to day but but when things came up you know you know we had we had conference calls and things to to big picture items and uh, and it was just it was a lot of fun to be a part of it and and, and meet some of the people that um, worked for the WWE because there was crossover. And uh, and it's been because I, you know, I grew up a, a wrestling fan as well. And uh, and it was it was just kind of neat to, to be a part of that. Nice. So what were the big differences between obviously we've worked for pretty much every uh, big football organization now, including like college. What are the big differences between all the different sort of places you've had to work? Yeah, well, so the XFL was refreshing because it was new. Um, there wasn't. Uh, years and years of history and tradition. You could change things. You could get, you could really become, you know, innovate and, and think outside the box. Whereas the NFL is established. It's been around for a hundred years. Um, there are, there are rules and bylaws and things that you have to adhere to. And so change is, is certainly, um, it's, it's more, it, it's not, it doesn't happen right away. And, and, and so you have those, you have those, those factors. I, I thoroughly enjoyed working for the NFL. That was my start. I'll always have a, a love and passion for, for NFL football. Um, but it was definitely a different, a different environment. Um, and, and then you have the colleges, the NCAA, um, that's unique because there's so many different layers to it. It's 
you have division one division two division three you have different conferences so it doesn't fall under one umbrella and so you have to navigate through these different these different layers um, and some conferences have more resources than others um, they, especially on the officiating side there's different there's different rules and mechanics some conferences use seven officials some conferences use eight officials so it's just navigating those differences that that is the challenging part on the college side so uh, so like in the NFL, like how much input would you have had in those changes? Is it, would you have been just in charge of implementing them or would you have been sort of involved in actually sort of making them rules and sort of getting them in? A little bit of both. Obviously implementing them as, as on the officiating side, you're responsible when you're in charge of officiating, of implementing those rules and ensuring that it's done so consistently. Uh, but then I, and I, was, I was a part of the competition committee for many years and, uh, and so you provide input. I, I was able to provide input, um, write different positions, uh, points of emphasis, actually write uh, rules proposals, add language to the book, edit add language to the book. So it was part of that process for a long time. So, so you are the competition committee. The NFL competition committee is made up of a cross section of, of ownership, general managers and coaches. And, uh, and you on the officiating side, you provide input um, on how potential rules changes could be officiated, the consistency issues, things like that, and and so you're you do become heavily involved in that process, which which was which was a great experience for me. I really I really enjoyed it. Was there ever, ever sorry? Was there ever anything that like got voted in that you just knew would it work straight away, or did you just have to find a way well, to make it? Well, you know, work? yeah. I mean, during my time, there wasn't anything major. There certainly um, some minor changes. My thing was always I didn't like when when we overreacted to one play. Um, so if it was one play that that doesn't happen very often, I, I don't, you know, my philosophy is let's not change a rule for one situation that may come up, you know, every three or four years. And then and then the unintended consequences of that change create more issues. And, and so we didn't see that that often. I think probably the biggest example of that most recently is with the NFL implementing a pass interference review rule last year, and uh, and that was a one-year experiment, and and they are not adding that back in for for 2020. Um, so so it's obvious how they felt about it, how it was impl implemented and, and applied, and and it didn't have the desired results. So um, that to me is you know when you put in a rule for one play, which really you go back to the 2018 NFC Championship game, that was the true impetus behind that change um it kind of played out how we thought it would that the 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 subjectivity of that call doesn't lend itself to uh to replay and how much would a rule sort of change during the season or would it be implement the rule and then review it at the end of the year or would you sort of make tweaks through the year well a, a rule so a rule change would be for that year at a minimum um technically you know you couldn't unless it was something so catastrophic the commissioner could step in and make a rule change um, during the season but that would be something very unusual uh, so you typically would wait till the end of the year and then review it certainly you can make tweaks in terms of how the rule is being applied and, and how officials are calling something and so that can happen um, at any point during the season but to actually change the rule very rarely i can't think in my experience of a rule that was changed um, in the middle of the season, typically it, it, it's it's at wait until the end of the season and then review it. And uh, 
when you get people like Bill Belichick, who's sort of the famous one for it, sort of trying to find all the loopholes and the rules, <laughs> is, that, is that something sort of, and always, always you just sort of put your hands up and like say fair play? <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because people people are always a common a common theme is that the rule book is too complicated and we need to simplify things. And, and one of the reasons why the rule book has grown so much is because you do you do have these things and 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 Coach Belichick and is really you know he's very in tune with the rules. He he has a, a very good grasp, more so than 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 probably any coach that I've been around. And and so when you have that type of knowledge, you're obviously going to um, look at the rules and how can I use them to my advantage. And and it's not just Coach Belichick. You know many coaches have done that. And so you might find a loophole or something that is legal um, that can give you an advantage. And so sometimes you have to close those loopholes. And, uh, and that's why the book has grown over the course of, you know, 100 years to where it was probably maybe 20 pages when it first started. Now it's well over, you know, into close to 150, 200 pages. So it's, uh, it's coaches like that that keep you on your toes. And I think it's great. And uh, but again, you certainly have to, you know, you have to be aware of certain loopholes and make sure that there aren't they aren't there. So um, how easy is it to find that balance between obviously fans want one thing, coaches want another, sort of the owners probably want another from them and then sort of balancing that with like player safety and all those sort of things. How easy is that to sort of get it right and sort of get that balance? Yeah, it's not easy. And that was something when when I. When I first got started in officiating, you start to, you know, you see the game a certain way. You see it through that lens of officiating lens. And then as I as I gained experience within the league office, you start to realize that there are there are other stakeholders. Like I said, there's players, there's coaches, there's fans, there's media, um, and and everybody has a stake. So you have to start to see it through every lens and look at, you know, what may make sense for the officials doesn't make sense for the players or the media may not understand that. So you have to look at ways to take all of those stakeholders and make sure that they have a seat at the table. And, and that's that's truly a challenge because you think about officials, what do they want? They want black and white rules. They want to know in every situation what to call um, fans and media and, and many times coaches and players, they don't want officials to be overly technical. They want more of a, a free-flowing game and to keep that momentum going. And so it's just maintaining that balance. Player safety is obviously a big part of that. And you want to ensure that the game, the players are, are protected from unnecessary risk. So it's just being aware of all the different the different aspects of the game and who's watching and what they're you know what their kind of agenda is, and, and trying to do the best you can to balance all of it. So a, a lot of your stuff, or sort of the time your time there, sort of instant replay and sort of uh, using replays has sort of come in more and more. I mean, was that was that a tough thing to implement and sort of getting lots of people on board? Because obviously, sort of some lots of different people in the NFL, and I'm sure they've got different views on how much that should be involved and sort of what you should use it for. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a couple of years in the making. This was not a a one off season change. And when replay replay originally was implemented in the NFL in 1986, and it lasted five years, and then it was voted out because the process was the technology just was was not. It was two VCRs, if you can remember that technology, and and uh, and there was unlimited stoppages, and it just it just didn't work, and uh, and so. After the 1991 season, there was no replay. 
And uh, and so Replay came back in 1999. So over that time, we were studying and, and looking at plays and looking at the technology and how technology was evolving. And eventually the technology and the need for it kind of got to the right place. And we implemented the current system, which which was all digital technology. You could access video um, immediately through a touch screen and, and mark different points in the video to jump to them. Um, as quickly and efficiently as possible. And, uh, and that was, you know, it was six, seven, eight years in the making um, before Replay came back. And, uh, and that system that we put back in 99 is still, is still there today. Obviously, there's been advances in technology and, and the rules have changed over the course of time. But, but the basic premise is still the same. It's, it's, it's there to, to help on, on, on clear mistakes and in, in game-changing situations. That's, that's the basic goal. And, and do you think that makes the ref job easier, or is it just another challenge that they've sort of worked with? It, it, if you ask most game officials, they, they, they do like replay. Replay is that safety net. No, no, no referee wants their call to be the difference if in the game if it's if it's incorrect. And and so replay allows us to fix some of those mistakes because the game does happen so quickly. Officials, we we kind of lose sense of um, when we're watching a game on television. Um, we get to see what just happened from multiple angles. We get to see it in slow motion, in in high definition, in 4K, and all these these great innovations in technology. And the and the game official, you know, gets to see it once from his or her perspective, and that's it. And they have to make a call, and then we get to evaluate their performance with with all of this additional information. And so, um, I think officials do appreciate replay. It helps it helps get plays right. And uh, and I think they've uh, they've accepted it as part of the game. And, and what do you think of the general sort of standard of officials these days? Are they are they got worse? Are they the same, or is it just they're under more scrutiny now because obviously there's so much more replay, there's so much more people talking about it. Yeah, I think you know I think in general officials are better today. When when I started in 1994, um, there's no question officials are better. They're better trained. Um, they they they're better prepared. They they keep themselves in better shape. They have better habits, diet, sleep habits. All of these these things that have that have evolved over the years have made the officials better. There's more access to video. There's more opportunities um, for training and teaching. But like you said, the scrutiny is so much greater. I mean, now with social media and everyone has a platform, and and the advancements in technology that we all have at home or on our phones or on our laptops or iPads. And uh, and so the scrutiny is is at at every every season, it's gets higher and higher and greater and greater and and the expectation is perfection and we know that's not achievable, uh, but that doesn't that doesn't you know prevent fans from from expecting that and so um, they are better but the scrutiny is greater and that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, how hard is it when you're working with like TV? Say, do you have to make sure the announcers are up on the rules because? I mean, so many times you see outrage on like Twitter, say, and that's because the announcer's got the rule wrong or something like that, and then someone has to be like maybe corrected, or someone will come out and say, no, it was it was right, and that person's got it wrong. Is that do you have to work with them, or is that just something that you have to deal with? Yeah, no, that's we my uh, my job with Fox Sports. The the biggest, and I've, I've said this before, the the value. Either myself or or Mike Pereira or others that John Parry, Gene Steratore, Terry McCauley, others that are doing it for other networks. 
the value that we bring is not when we come on the air and we explain something. There's value there, um, but many times that's that's not the the real meat and potatoes of what we do. We we have communication. When I'm doing a game, I have communication to the television truck, to the producer throughout, and I can feed the producer information that they can then relay to the on-air talent. And this is happening throughout the game. So when they are speaking to a rule, they're speaking from a place of knowledge and they're accurately um, communicating that rule. Because like you said, the to the fans watching and listening, the, the announcer, the on-air talent, they're the experts. So if they get something wrong, now that can permeate through um, you know, social media or wherever else, and, and it's wrong information, it's incorrect. So that's really what we do on a, on a, on a play-by-play basis. We'll, we'll communicate and make sure that, that they understand what's happening. And then, and then if there is something that raises to the level where we need to come on the air and explain it, we'll do that. But we're doing that um, very limited compared to the other communication that happens. And uh, so back when you were with the NFL, you, uh, you were sort of involved in directly making calls on, sort of on the field sometimes. How hard is that to sort of deal with the pressure of it? Because, I mean, one call could cost someone a job or cost someone millions of dollars or anything like that. How hard is that sort of to deal with? Well, I think you just, you have to eliminate those thoughts and that this, you, if you if you can eliminate, hey, this call is going to mean somebody's somebody's job and just focus on your training, your experience, take the play, um, look at it, go through the steps and process. There's a process to decision-making and replay, follow those steps and just use your judgment to make the best decision. That's the approach I always took. I, I tried to, to eliminate remove any emotion from it and not get caught up in the magnitude or the gravity of the situation and just understand it but but use it to my advantage and just make a decision based on my experience and and uh and what we were trying to accomplish on that play and 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 then just move on so uh it's just it's just you have to have the ability to handle that type of pressure because most people um if you can't you're not going to be successful in officiating because it is it can be a very um, a very intense, stressful uh, environment sometimes, and it's not a positive environment at times, and you just have to be able to work through that. So, um, uh, sorry, uh, is there was there was there one call you could sort of that maybe you had information at the time and then got more information after? Is there anything in particular? Is there sort of times when that's happened, like you didn't have the information and you got more information maybe the late, late that night or late that day or something that sort of you think, oh God, I could have got that better. Well, I, yeah, that was part of my part of my evaluation process. Is you know we would go through games on Sunday and then Monday, um, usually in the afternoon. I would go through all of the all of the decisions that we made on Sunday, in a in a controlled environment by myself, um, no time limit, no pressure, and I would and I would ultimately decide whether I would make the same decision or not. And there were times that that I felt like in that environment after the fact that I would have made a different decision. And it, it didn't, you know, it didn't happen very often, but it happened because, you know, for one reason or another, maybe you didn't pay attention to the right angle or you didn't see something right away. It didn't, it didn't, you know, you didn't process it right away. Um, you know, there, there, there isn't any one play that jumped out. I know I've been involved in controversial plays just because of the magnitude of the situation. Um, but again, I would go through that evaluation process on my own every week and, and there were times when, when there were plays that, that, that I said, you know, if I had that one over, I made a different decision. And I think that's just part of just trying to continue to get improve your own, your own abilities. 
Was there anything that any rule, sort of one rule that came in during your time that you really sort of felt helped the game and sort of moved forward? Was there anything in particular that sort of really improved the the sport? Well, I think you know there were a lot of there were a lot of player safety is obviously a big deal, and uh, and there were a lot of changes. One of the things we eliminated was. Um, we eliminated all chop blocks during any type of play. So the chop block is a, is a high-low block where where the defensive player is engaged high and really can't protect themselves from from contact below below the waist. And and it was legal in certain situations and running in the running game, and and it was leading to injuries. So so we looked at it and we made that change um, to eliminate all high-low blocks, and I think that made the game safer, especially for the defensive players um, in in close line play. Um, we obviously added during my time. We added the the replay review. Um, New York, the 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 NFL office getting involved in decisions. Um, I feel like that created greater consistency, and uh, and that was a big change. And and then the other thing that I'll always remember was um, we were we were um, a part of bringing in the first female game official in the NFL. So Sarah Thomas, we hired her in 2015, and 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 that was the first. Um, female official and, and that was a, a groundbreaking moment so that's one that we'll uh, i'll always remember and do you think we will see more female officials officials sorry coming through i do i do there there's there's a lot of female officials more and more um women are getting involved in in, in sports officiating and especially on on football and uh and i do we do have quite a few um, college female officials that are getting to the point where they're going to be ready to take that next step and then so i would say in the next couple of years, we're going to see um, we're going to see a couple a couple more female officials in the NFL, and then and then hopefully in time, it's not a it's not a story, it's not an issue, it's just it's just the normal way things are done. You know, men and women um, are both officiating in the NFL, and and they're all NFL officials, and and it's not it's not something that is uh, you know we're making a big deal about the gender. And is that sort of how the process will work? You come up through the levels and sort of go one level up to college and then sort of get promoted in the NFL? Is that sort of how things work with yeah. officials? Yeah, that's that's how it works in, in, in American football with um, they really start they start at the le- the youth levels and start officiating youth games and then go to the the high school and then college and then once they get into college they work up the different levels and uh, and once they're in division one and, and then they become, you know, the NFL has has a scouting program and they look for officials all over the country. Um, and, uh, and then they, uh, and then they get hired when there's openings, the top, the top of the, that, uh, that development, they have a development staff and the top of that development staff will, will, will come into the league when there's openings. So I'll ask you one last question and then I'll let you get going. I mean, you were obviously a football fan before you uh, started working with the NFL and all the other leagues. I mean, can you just sit and watch a game now or, or do you sort of watch it from a different sort of viewpoint now? Can you just sit as a fan and watch a game? Yeah, I you know I can still sit as a fan and watch a game, um, but I'm looking at the game just through a different lens. I, I'm more in tune with what the officials are doing. Obviously, when there's flags thrown, um, now that I no longer work for the NFL, it's much easier to watch the game as a fan. When I was with the NFL, it was it was much harder because because you're responsible for how the game is officiated, and and, and you really that's your primary focus. Now on the TV side, I'm less. I'm, I'm not responsible for the officials, so I can watch the game more as a fan, but certainly have other responsibilities. Um, so it's much easier for me to to watch the game as a fan today. But I'm I'm certainly I'm certainly looking at it through that officiating lens for sure. 
Lovely. Uh, um, well, thanks for coming on. It was uh, yeah, great fun to have, have you on. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And, thanks uh, for having me. No problem. Welcome back anytime. There we go. Then. That was Dave's interview with Dean Bandino. I really, I can't remember why I missed it. I think I was ill or I was working or something. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's so long ago. I, I say, I don't even remember what, what happened in it, but I know that it was gold. And I, I do remember that I asked him your question about Vince McMahon and uh, working with him. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sure that was a dynamite <laughs> reply. But it was I know yeah. that it was a really good interview because he had say he worked for all the big leagues. He worked for NFL, AAF, um works in yeah. like in the college game, he worked for XFL, so he had like a really good sort of insight across all the different leagues and it's not just rules. I know that's what he is, but he's just involved mm. in the leagues. So yeah, it's a good good fun interview. I wonder if the Rock's gonna get him involved with the, the new XFL. I mean you'd assume so. He seems he's a go to man, isn't he? Um yeah, he's been there before. Knows the XFL now. Yeah, I mean, I'd have thought so. Worst, worst yeah. job you could get. Well, yeah, definitely. I'm sure The Rock's pretty good boss to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. That is episode 100. We shall be back. I mean, the season starts in, what, a week, Dave? Yeah, I mean... We're a week away now? I mean, I, I assume this is probably going to go out Monday. So, what, yeah. nine days to make it? <laughs> nine days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a week after, isn't it? <laughs> I lost track of where we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> nine or so, isn't it, I think? Yeah, we are. We're on the cusp. The season yeah. is here. Got no, we don't know how long it's going to be here for, but I'm going to enjoy it while it is here. I mean, the NFL won't stop it happening, <laughs> one way or another. Roger Goodell yeah, is getting this league done this year. Yeah, even if the players strike, we're going to get a replacement scenario, and hopefully yeah. Keanu Reeves shows up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> underrated NFL film that uh, but yes thank you for listening to episode 100 and thank you if you've listened to any of the episodes previous to this um, you can find us on Twitter at first and ten underscore you can find Dave at uh, DJG23 I am at Ross Bell 1984 um, and yeah just get us on all the social medias at first and ten basically wherever you socialise online we are there somewhere lurking at first and ten Um just get in contact with us. We've got more new shows coming out on Channel 12. We've got lots of... Uh, we've got a Titans podcast happening, Dave. Who would have thought that would happen? Titans. We've got a new Dolphins one. We've got a Packers one that I yep. first record this week. We're getting close to halfway there. So We well, are, it feels yeah. feels pretty good a year in. Yeah, not bad. It's not a bad start. Half of the league sorted. So, yeah, we'll see where we are in a year's time. Hopefully all 32 teams are covered. But there's going to be one in there. It's going to be really hard to do. Yeah, Probably like the Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Jacks would be okay. Lots of UK fans, isn't there? But well, yeah, exactly. I mean the it's Titans seemed like the one that would be hard, didn't it? So we've done that one. So yeah, we can do, the, do the Titans. We can do anyone. Exactly. Yeah. That was the uh, the big uh, white whale, and we've got yeah. them, we've got them. Hopefully, the shows are coming out very soon. But yes, until we are back with a week one preview, I guess, and some betting yeah. tips and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, crazy. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Dave. Bye. And we'll see you in week one. <laughs>